Coming up on today's edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast, we take a first look at the Eagles' primetime matchup this Monday night against the undefeated Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How serious should we take Baker Mayfield and the Bucks, plus our rookie report we do every single week? All that and more on this Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. You are Lockdown Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. of the Lockdown Eagles podcast is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use the code and all lowercase NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. We appreciate you making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, Monday through Friday. Louis DiBiase joined, as always, by Gino Camilleri. And Gino, we're taking a first look at another primetime matchup for the Birds. It was last Thursday night against the Minnesota Vikings, this time Monday night against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think when we looked at the schedule... And I still feel this way that it's these are the easier matchups of the schedule when you look at what's coming in November and December. But I think this was one we'd circle as one of the easier wins. And I'm not saying the Eagles shouldn't be favored for sure, but I don't think I expected or a lot of people expected the Bucks to play the way they did to get to 2-0, especially the way Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans are clicking. This is definitely going to be a, a good test, especially for a secondary that's dealt with injuries and they're giving up the second most passing yards in the league right now. And I think to contextualize that, the good thing about having 11 days between that Thursday night game and Monday is that you're going to get a lot of those injured guys back. So it'll be nice to see James Bradbury back, Reed Blankenship we should expect back as well. And that's a perfect moment to get these guys back because, man, I, I have just nightmares about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to that game when Mark Sanchez got absolutely buried and dog walked by a young Mike Evans and Jameis Winston, who Mike Evans caught everything in his vicinity. And I, for my only time in my history of fandom, left a game early in the third quarter because it was that bad. And Mike Evans is still as good as he was back then. He's incredible. You worry about Chris Godwin. So it's great that you're going to have Bradbury back there, especially with Devontae out. It's going to be super matchup based, but I think the the show is going to be on the outside. Like once again, we looked at... Justin Jefferson versus Darius Slay last week. I think it's going to be the exact same thing. Who can get the ball downfield more and what playmakers can make plays, especially coming off of a week where Devontae goes crazy and A.J. Brown is just itching to be let off the chain. Yeah, for sure. And Gino, I think that is kind of the theme of this matchup is going to be the passing game on both sides. I mean, as you mentioned, James Bradbury will be back, but the Eagles right now are without Avante Maddox in the slot. So when Chris Godwin goes in there, when Mike Evans goes in there, what are they going to do? Are they going to have Mario Goodrich line up? Are they going to go by matchup and have James Bradbury or Darius Slay move inside? And then on the other side as well, the Eagles passing game has been inconsistent this year, but Tampa Bay, they've given up the ninth most passing yards through two weeks. It's interesting when you look at both defenses, the Eagles are number one right now against the run. They've only given up 104 rushing yards right behind them at number two is Tampa. So I think both defenses have given up more through the air than on the ground. So it'd be nice if this was a get right game for both sides when it comes to the Eagles passing attack and passing defense. And the good thing about playing Tampa Bay is that they played, and this will be an advantage for them as well, both of these teams have already played Minnesota, and they gave Minnesota a run for their money 
but in the end, Lou, if you are just using the transitive property, right, and comparing those games, you have to like the Eagles' advantage, especially on the ground, even though Tampa doesn't give up a lot of yards. I expect the Eagles' yeah. offensive line to be the biggest test right, that strength Tampa against Bay strength. has gone against. But, man, Vita Vea is still as good as advertised. He's like their equivalent of Jordan Davis, just much better He's right who now. we all offseason said we want Jordan Davis to become. Mm-hmm. It's him or Dexter Lawrence. And he's getting there, but Vita Vea is just unbelievable. Kalijah Kansi was in and out of that game. We'll see if he's fully healthy going into this week. But they got Shaq Barrett. You got Levante David still. It's not like they just have a run-of-the-mill defense. No. They have playmakers on both sides of the ball, Lou, and yeah. on the road in Tampa Bay. And Baker Mayfield, the, the way I look at Baker right now is somebody that – it's like Jon Snow – when they killed him off in Game of Thrones, spoiler alert, if you didn't know that happened, but when he came back and he already saw the other side, Baker saw the other side, right? He was a starter. He did have the big contract. He was the number one pick. Now it's, I'm going to go in there and I have nothing to lose. You saw him yeah. talking trash a couple of weeks ago to Minnesota. Get your weight up, boy, on some of the guys trying to make tackles. That's a dangerous guy to go against with a team that, I mean, I think they have more talent X's and O's wise when it comes sure. on personnel. Than Minnesota had, in my opinion. I agree. I, I'm with you. Yeah, and when especially you look in at, the trenches too, Lou. Like that. Yeah, they're where healthy they have the now. Advantage over Minnesota. And yeah. they're health. They're healthy in the trenches. Last year they really weren't. And Baker, it's showing with his numbers: 173 oh, yeah. yards and two touchdowns against Minnesota this past week against Chicago. He was great. 317 through the air, a touchdown, a 114.5 rating. I mean, you look at Mike Evans' numbers. He has six catches in back-to-back games. He had 171 yards and a touchdown last week. So he's incredible, and he's he's in a contract year, too. And and Gino, Chris Godwin looks pretty solid, too. So it's another tough test against Mm -hmm. two really good receivers, so it's a good time to get Bradbury back. I do wonder, though, we mentioned this yesterday, and I totally agreed with you that they should do it matchup-based in the slot. But my question is, like, because let's say you're out on the field and Mike Evans motions into the slot or Chris Godwin, Mm -hmm. right? And if James Bradbury, Darius Slayer shadowing, the thing with Goodrich and Job is like, if they motion Evans inside and Bradbury follows him, okay, so is Goodrich kicking to the outside? He's not really an outside corner. Or is Job going inside in those situations? That's what's going to be interesting to me is like, how do they try to defend these guys? The thing that Tampa doesn't have that the first two opponents that the Eagles played did have was a dominant tight end. And I think New England had two of those guys, right? I think... Maybe you go lighter at linebacker because really do you have to worry about coverage as much? Do you go more of those four down fronts with one linebacker and just go dime packages where you go three corners, three safeties and try and play it that way. So you're not stuck in that predicament. Like, would you rather take Terrell? I know it's a difficult proposition to be in, but if Terrell Edmonds is in the slot and instead of motioning those guys around, if Mike Evans lines up over him, well, yeah. And then we can adjust our safety. Look, we can, go quarter, quarter, half instead and make that call easier than moving these guys all around the formation. Because frankly, Lou, this isn't a game where Justin Jefferson was the only guy you had to worry about. Like Chris Godwin is as good as a guy like Mike Evans is in his role. And you still have to worry about Devin Tompkins, who I saw firsthand down at CGS a couple years ago. This guy is five foot six, will make anybody miss in a phone booth. So you don't have Avante Maddox to match up with that type of player in the slot. So it's going to be very interesting. I think it is predicated on two things, Lou. Can the Eagles hit home with four? Because if so, I believe Desai will want to continue to do that to send the reinforcements on the back end. Mm -hmm. 
But if so, and they can't get pressure, how does Tampa counteract that? Because, I mean, Rashad White, he, he's a good back. Sean Tucker out of Syracuse, like, love the guy. But those are bigger backs. Yeah. They're not like pass-catching backs that you have to worry about, like, quick, get it down into the flat type of stuff. How are they going to take away the middle of the field? Because if the Eagles can just get things to the outside – and put their guys on islands and push those big guys closer to the sideline, well, that's where the Eagles can win football games. It's where they've been dominated in the middle. Yeah, They can't adjust because they didn't have the personnel, really. They did a, an okay job last week with Zach Cunningham, but, man, when you have Hunter Henry and Gusecki, you don't have two guys that can counteract that. Tampa Bay doesn't have that anymore. No, it's a great point. I think Gino too. Another thing to help the four man rush get there, though, you need help on the in the back end. You know, Sean Desai talked about this after the Patriots game. Like they need to get these quarterbacks off their first reads. I mean, when oh, you absolutely. look at how Mac Jones and Kirk Cousins are getting the ball off too quick, so like people are mm-hmm. pointing to the Eagles' sack numbers as a reason to say the pass rush isn't getting there. But they're creating pressure. They just need that like half a second more. So they need these corners, safeties, and linebackers to hold on to for just a little longer. So it's definitely again, like I said, it's a get right game for both sides to have. A complete game against the air and through the air. No, I totally agree. And that's a great point that Desai made because that's on him as well from that defensive coordinator look. Because a sure. lot of it, you're going to have to show one thing pre snap and make Baker Mayfield, who yeah. there's a reason why team moved on from him, right? Make him get off his first read, make him go through his progressions and send multiple different looks. Like I love the idea of pressing at the line of scrimmage and then you do like these inverted safety looks and you're going to have to send different things and make Baker Mayfield think because exactly what you said, Kirk, Mac Jones, they saw pre-snap where they're going. They hit their pre-snap read. The Eagles didn't make it difficult on them post-snap. You're going to have to do that. And whether it's three three safeties, Sidney Brown in there at some times where he can do that in man looks and back up in zone if need be, or you just roll with Job, Bradbury, and Slay, which yeah. I think would be a pretty good combo, Lou, especially with the amount of size that Tampa Bay has on offense. And you just need them to cover better, too. I think it was the reason Mac Jones was getting it out so quick is Hunter Henry and Gusecki were so open because oh, yeah. the linebackers couldn't cover. But I will say, last week, Zach Cunningham was way better in coverage. He was really mm-hmm. good, actually. He was a positive, whereas week one, he was a liability. And Nicholas Morrow held his own as well. So that's definitely, again, I think through the air, that's the key on offense and defense you know coming up next so I want to get into the offense like how defenses are adjusting to defending Jalen Hurts this year and what the Eagles need to do thought we saw the blueprint against Minnesota in that final half so we'll get into that coming up next right here on the Locked On Eagles podcast and guys today's show is sponsored by eBay Motors our partners over at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On fantasy football host Vinny Lyre to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire for your in-season league. Every week, we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Weekend. Hey, it's wide receiver one in Philadelphia, or 1A, 1B, however you say it. Eagles wide receiver A.J. Brown, who's looking for his first touchdown and 100-yard game of the season going into week three against the Buccaneers. And Gino, I think he's got a great chance. I think the Eagles, when a weapon does not get the ball one game, They kind of force-feed him. The next Dallas Goddard didn't really break out this week, but he got, what, eight to nine targets and six receptions. Mm -hmm. Only led to 22 yards, but they tried to get him right after not a single catch against New England. Now we know A.J. Brown wants to get involved. Last week he wasn't happy with his role. I think it's a get-right game against a secondary that's given up some yards. Team that's given up the seventh most yards in the air 
Mm-hmm. And that's going against Justin Fields last week. Now Jalen Hurts is in there, and you know his best friend, his compadre, wants to get some targets. And I think you get Tampa worried and make them bring down those safeties by getting the ball in space to A.J. quickly. And then when they play man, I'll take my matchup against Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis, all day long, as long as AJ's out there, then you got to worry about Devontae. This is the AJ game. I think we're calling it, and you could expect some picks on LOE three tomorrow with AJ as well. I agree. Vinny Lyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not burning cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com slash motors. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. All right, Eagles fans, we're continuing on this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. Shout out to our everydayers for making us your first listen Monday through Friday. We are taking a first look at this Monday night matchup between the Eagles and the Buccaneers. Gino, we got to get used to this. I mean, they do not play barely any one o'clock games. It's going to be a lot of primetime football and national TV at four, and it's going to continue. Teams want to see arguably the best team in football, especially coming off that Super Bowl performance and Miss me with these power rankings that have the Cowboys who beat up on Daniel Jones and Zach Wilson above them. I'm over that. I'm just going to watch the Eagles play their games, and they're going to focus on their games, and they're going to be in prime time. Why? Because they have crazy good talent. Teams want to see them, and to put a game against Tampa in prime time too, that should say something about how much talent the Eagles have that people want to see. For sure. So, Gino, let's take it. You know, we mostly talked about the Eagles defense, how they can Mm -hmm. defend Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and a red-hot Baker Mayfield through the air against Tampa Bay. But I think on the offensive side of the ball, it's going to be interesting because defenses are throwing a lot of different stuff at Jalen Hurts right now through two weeks. You saw New England blitz-heavy. Minnesota was blitz-heavy early on, but then they kind of called off the dogs. They were only rushing three. And it felt like against New England and early on versus Minnesota, like the Eagles didn't really have quick answers to what they were doing, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like against the Blitz, the running backs in the offensive line, they weren't picking things up quick. Hertz made some questionable decisions. Like Brian Johnson's play calling didn't have the right routes against these concepts. Um, And I think the same with when they were dropping deep, it felt like the Eagles were still trying to push the ball down the field. It put them in some tough third down spots. Like the Eagles right now have the second most three and outs in the NFL. But then... You did see finally, and this is what you have to do when you're a great team that defenses have adjusted against, you have to take what they're going to give you. I think that's going to be key, and that's exactly what happened. Finally, when Minnesota played back, they just ran it down their throats, and then Mm -hmm. that brought everybody back down. Minnesota finally started to stack the box, and boom, what happens? Devontae Smith catches a deep touchdown. So I think it's just a patience game that the Eagles have to play early on as they feel things out, as they get things right with this offense, because defenses definitely are adjusting and playing Jalen Hurts different like the way defenses are playing them now versus the last time they played Tampa Bay in that 2021 wildcard game they were daring him to throw the ball not anymore so you, you got to play different and each week the script's going to look different and it'll be interesting too because the same coordinator that was in Tampa Bay calling that defense Todd Bowles is now yeah. their head coach right? right and how is he going to adjust with now a revolutionized Jalen Hurts and I think it'll be interesting you're not going to see as much sit back and zone like you saw from Minnesota. That's not his style, no. No, it's not. We saw Todd Bowles. Honestly, Lou, I think we should do a show about this in the summer. 
I think Todd Bowles was one of the most underrated defensive coordinators the Eagles have had in quite some time. Yeah, I think people forget he was in Philly. But, you know, he can't, like, I know he's going to send the blitz a lot like he did in 2021, and that's what he's done this year. But Jalen was slicing Minnesota up in the second half against And New England. Statistically, you cannot blitz. Like last year at the beginning of the year, he struggled against it. I think he's figured it out. You know when like you were watching the game, it's a 425 game on CBS and Tom Brady's there and they'll always throw that clip up there. It's like, oh, you yeah. can't blitz Tom Brady. Jalen Hurts is at that point, Lou, and they don't even have hot routes in their offense right now. Like They don't yeah. even have the hot calls set in there. which Right, to a lot be, of times the play call is not right for a blitz. No, it, it's. I mean, he has to check out of it a lot of the time and they sure. don't have the check to get it to the right guy, which hopefully 11 days looking at this offense, they will have gotten right. But that's the thing, and you don't have the guys to cover man-to-man on the outside. I mean, Carlton Davis, is he going to be 100% healthy? He wasn't even in that game last week, so we'll see that. But Jamel Dean is going to have his hands full. I think the player that Tampa Bay can rely on, that if the Eagles can't make him get off his spot, will have a big impact for them, is Antoine Winfield Jr. If Jalen Hurts can manipulate that middle of the field with Winfield, who's an unbelievably rangy safety, that's where they're going to hit home. Because if you saw the play to Devontae last week, he looked off that safety just enough to open up that shot where he could put that ball in to hit it in the honey hole. Because if that safety comes over without moving him off the spot, it's probably going to be an interception, which Jalen Hurts did exactly that earlier in the game. And I expect Jalen not to make that same mistake twice. And I expect them to have hot routes in their offense, Lou. If you see the defensive yeah. end coming up, if you see the linebacker coming up, you got to have somebody. If it's the tight end, whoever is the closest man, get an alert, get an alert, quick, dump it out into space and let them do their job. And it's not like they don't have guys that don't have yards after the catch ability. Right. Like in 2018 so and 2019, it's just like, put the ball in space and let A.J. Brown run for 27 Heck, yards. Even your, even Quez and Zacchaeus have run after the catch ability. Oh, absolutely. Just, just get somebody the football and not when it's, again, I think there were too many times then that would put you in a third and long situation and when there was still pressure, then they had this short like out, but it's third and 16 at that point. Like When mm-hmm. it's first and 10 and they bring pressure, it's okay to not hit the deep ball in that situation. Or, you know, mm-hmm. when they're playing back, even, you know, like when they're playing back and not against the blitz, eventually, like, you know, I think there was times this offense has been a little too conservative, but I think against Minnesota, there were there were times too where they still wanted the deep shot, even when it just wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that to just check it down like Jalen has sometimes this year, but that intermediate level, they need to be more present. Like right now, they're yep. just, the intermediate level, it's like, it's either a deep ball to Devontae or AJ, or it's like a check down or Jalen runs it. There's really no middle ground right now. I mean, as a great quarterback, you have to be able to take advantage of all three of those areas. Short, intermediate. Like that 10 to 15 yard pass range. Like we need more of that. JT O'Sullivan on his, not his most recent breakdown, but the one before. No, it was his most recent breakdown on the Minnesota game. They run a dagger concept where AJ Brown is lined up inside of Devontae. AJ runs a nine route, which is just a go to the end zone. Devontae runs his route where he's running a long, deep in, and that in comes open. But Jalen Hurts, I believe he throws it to either the running back or the tight end, hits the first read when the first read should have been down the field to begin with. And it's just a little bit of patience. It's just allowing things to come together. And hopefully with this 11-day, that's what I'm just hoping for is that things clicked. Inside the Novacare, something clicked, and they know where they're weak, and they know what they have to address. And hopefully this is that game where, oh, they do have that alert. Oh, Devontae is open on that deep end, and Jalen Hurts hit it over the middle. 
let's get a tight end screen right off of the bat to Dell Scott. Like, do the simple things, get it back in motion because the passing game is going to be what wins you this game. Because as good as your offensive line is, I like to go against the weakness of a defense as much yeah. as your strength is on offense running the ball. But I like my chances throwing the football against anybody with the guys that you have. You know what's funny though, Gino, is there's a lot of games like the, they play a good run defense, and I say this is the game like you throw the football, and then because, they run like, for 250 yards. And we because have no again, idea what we're talking about because yes, the defense might be really good at stopping the run, mm-hmm. but the Eagles are better at running the football yeah, than they are at stopping the run. This is one mm-hmm. of the greatest run offenses in NFL history. When you look at this three-year stretch that Stoutland, this line hurts, and these running backs are on. So I, would I also be surprised though if they have success with Swift and Gainwell and Scott on the ground? And maybe Rashad Penny? Uh, no, I wouldn't, though. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying this is like a 40 to 50 passing attempt game for Jalen. They're still going to run the ball. Oh, they have to. I mean, I mean, not after last performance. you got to keep riding that hot hand, too. You can't be short-sighted and not no. run the football. But at the same time, like we said, don't force the pass last week, which they continue to do. Yeah. If you get off and uh, the first drive, you run it, you get two first downs and you run it three times and you pick up a – Six yards total. Well, let's see what the pass game can do. Let's see what the hot hand is in the offense. It can't just be at a certain position. It has to be what the offense is doing well. And if the pass game's going just like the Super Bowl, let's keep passing the ball. Because that could be the outcome of this game is that Jalen has his best performance in the air. Or, like you said, they just run the football and they take advantage of those deep shots when they need to. And his statistics look a lot like week one and two, but you come out with a win. Yeah. All right, Gino, our weekly rookie report coming up next. What did we see from Jalen Carter last week? Nolan Smith, Sidney Brown. What could happen this Monday night for the Rooks against Tampa Bay? All that and more still coming up on this Wednesday edition of Lockdown Eagles. Before we finish up LOE here on this Wednesday edition, LOE is brought to you by Prize Picks. As always, as we said on the intro of the show, if you don't know what Prize Picks is by now, I'll break it down. Easy and simple for you because prize picks is easy and simple to make your picks. All you have to do, two to six players, you can pick three, four, five, six, two, whatever you want to do, and say, are they going to go more or less than their prize picks projections? Unlike other daily fantasy sites where you're going to have to go against all of these people who are putting in thousands of selections and using computers to their advantage, it's just you against prize picks, and you can win up to 25 times your money. You put in $10, you can win $250 in just a few taps. I'm going to roll with all of the Eagles to go more in terms of passing. I'm going Jalen Hurts more, A.J. Brown more. All of those guys in the air are going to have a big week. And if you want to get in on the action today as well, make sure you go to prizepicks.com slash NFL, all lowercase, and use Lockdown NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. What does that mean? You put in $100, they will give you $100. You have $200 to go play at Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. Go to prizepicks.com, all lowercase slash Lockdown NFL to get in on the action today. All right, Eagles fans, one final segment of this Wednesday edition of Lockdown Eagles. we got two more shows for you this week. Gino and James of Lockdown Buccaneers. They've got crossover Thursday tomorrow. Gino and I have got LOE3 on Friday, getting you ready for a Monday night matchup between the Eagles and the Buccaneers next week, trying to get to 3-0. and oh. Gino, we're now going to dive into our weekly rookie report. And, I mean, it's been a pleasure to discuss Jalen Carter, it feels like, every single show. I made the take, I think it was like a month ago, when we were talking about Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, where I said, I don't know how to ana- like analyze these guys anymore. I don't know what different 
to talk about. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how many different ways I can say Devontae Smith's elite, A.J. Brown's elite. I'm starting to feel the same way about Jalen Carter just two weeks in. What I want to do, honestly, is just list off these ridiculous stats. I mean, he didn't have an insane game on Thursday against Minnesota. He didn't play as much as he did on Sunday against New England. But when you look at still like that one run uh, run snap that he completely blew up, the pressure mm-hmm. numbers that he still got, I mean, this kid is playing not like just a rookie of the year candidate, but right now he's playing like a defensive player of the year candidate when you look at the numbers. I believe Dick Vermeil today compared him to Reggie White, which is quite the statement. And Seth Joyner, take his opinion as you will, compared him to the guy that we always said on the inside, number 99, Jerome Brown. And I mean, that's high praise. He's got a long way to go. But to see how dominant he is week in, week out, yeah, are the sack numbers there yet? No, they'll get there. But the plays, when you turn on the tape, he is making an impact. He didn't even have to use his hands to blow up that run last week. The guard tries to jump he set just him, gets on his him. hip, and just ran past like him he's because he's bigger, stronger, and more athletic. It looked like he just Euro-stepped him, Gino, to the quarterback. I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, listen to these numbers. He has the Right now in the NFL through two weeks, he has the highest pressure rating among all defensive tackles, regardless Jeez. of, by the way, he's being double-teamed right now more than mm-hmm. almost anybody. He's got the most pressures in the league, regardless of position. He's also, he has the fastest pass rush get-off of all defensive tackles at .78 seconds. Oh my and honestly, God. I think his run defense is being underrated because of how quickly he's getting to the quarterback. This isn't a guy that's just you know a third down player that gets after the quarterback. He's stopping running backs too. That was his marquee play against Minnesota. He's one of the four rotational guys that they're going to keep in there for a majority of the snaps. It seems yeah. like they know who their four are. It's Fletch, Jordan, Milton, and Jalen. And they're all the playing inside. with elite efficiency right now. I mean, they're all incredible right now. Contavious Street and Marlon Tuipelotu have only got six snaps each in two of the last two games, so 12 the yeah. whole year. It's those four guys, and they're all playing at an exceptional level, and it starts with the Rook. I mean, you are game planning against him. I know we say this each and every week, but the interior, I mean, rookie Cody Mock, I'm trying to get Jalen Carter lined up as yeah. much as I can over Cody Mock in this game. I, I want agree. him to think. I want him to have to pass off stunts. I want him to have to deal with different sorts of pressure, speed to power, pure bull rush. He can get underneath you. He's going to be a lot to deal with, and especially when you saw the weakness of the interior of Minnesota and the weakness on the interior against New England. If they don't have that quick game to get the ball out of Baker Mayfield's hands, that's really when you're going to see Jalen Carter show up because he's made an impact. He's getting past the line of scrimmage. He's getting off quick. He's getting off speed. He's getting off with power, and he's a lot to handle, man. He's just a uniquely shaped individual, like shorter Mm -hmm. arms, doesn't have the longest arms. He's a baby rhino. That's what Darius Slade called him. He's a a baby rhino. He is. He just makes everybody have to think and just wait. On who they're going to pick up, right? Because again, like, oh, though, that's I got tough Jalen though. Carter because here, and then I got Hassan Reddick or Josh. You know, you don't Wright, have time right? to wait though, because again, he's got the fastest get off of anybody mm-hmm. off the line of scrimmage in the league right now at defensive tackle. So, and I think again, regarding the double teams, like he can still beat them, but you can use stunts to get him to the outside with a one on one matchup. They last week you saw a lot of reps where like Josh Sweat's playing inside and some of their edge rushers. I'd love mm-hmm. to see more of that too, where again that helps the edge rushers. Like Josh Sweat has an advantage with his quickness and length over these smaller arm guards. And then Carter still, to me, has the versatility, the pass rush prowess, where I think he can beat a tackle one-on-one too. So that's another way to get him these one-on-one mm-hmm. matchups is to kind of move guys around as well. 
I think you're going to see more and more creativity on the front sending yeah. pressure. I think I agree. that Nicholas Morrow uh, pressure that they sent I last like week one. where it was like a little yeah. B-gap pressure. They did that the other week at, with a C-gap look with Brandon Graham standing up. Do more of those things, and I think that leads us into our next rookie in Nolan Smith. Yep. They can't just put him out there like we've been saying as a stand-up edge rusher. They have to move yeah. him around the football. I wonder and if I he's hurt, he's, Gino, because they don't seem like they have a plan for him. Like busted up. Because it doesn't it's seem like him. they have a game plan for him at all through two weeks. Like It feels like Derek no. Barnett's clearly the fourth edge rusher right now in this rotation. And that's what we were saying. Like You can't use him as that type of player. He's not no. that type of player yet. He's undersized. He's underweight. He's underexperienced yeah. right now. Use him in ways that I would love the idea of putting him right between Jalen Carter or Fletcher Cox or Jordan Davis. Sure. And then you can either pop him out into coverage. Use him the you way that you're talking about that stunt. Morrow play, you know, the Nicholas Morrow pressure. Stand I mean, him give up. Me some, yeah. Why not? You you don't have enough linebackers as it is. Just stand him up and let him I blitz agree. a gap. Get creative. Yeah, I'm with you you. got to do something there. I would love to see that. Again, maybe it's a health thing. I think it probably mm-hmm. is um, because, you know, that shoulder injury we thought was just kind of a stinger, but it hasn't gone away. I mean, he's not – I don't think he's showing up on the injury report, but it definitely doesn't feel like he's 100% or – I don't know. It just it feels mm-hmm. like there's no way he wouldn't have a bigger role in this defense. Even right away, I know rookies like Sidney Brown right now doesn't have a huge role either. Mm-hmm. And Jalen Carter's snaps are still limited too, but at the same time, it's like for him to only play – I don't know, what is it, like 10 total snaps so far this year mm. or something like that? I mean, he definitely needs a bigger role. So I, I think it has to be chalked up to health. Um, and then, do you know, when it comes Hopefully. to, yeah, when it comes to Sidney Brown, I think you're going to see him get more and more snaps too. He definitely had a bigger role against Minnesota. I wonder when we have that slot conversation, because I think he's got the best man coverage ability of all these safeties, do they bring him down more inside? It'll be interesting to see what Brown's role is as the weeks continue. We'll see. I mean, yeah. I, I don't really have a basis of information and in how they want no. to use him right now because what yep. you saw in the preseason was just very vanilla, very blah. Yeah. Like you're not going to give last away week, a lot of trade secrets. He's only really in like cover two, like mm-hmm. as a high safety. Last week didn't really do much either. Yeah, he's not getting a ton of snaps there. But I think no. this is a game that you should because you're going to have a lot of mass to have to tackle on that back end with Mike Evans. And yeah. I want somebody that can come downhill quickly, fill a gap. If they get one of those guys on a tunnel screen, I just need to know he could take them down in one-on-one sure. coverage. And hopefully with Reed back, you have two, three of those guys that you can rely on because I'm not trusting yeah. Justin Evans still. But Terrell Edmonds, I did he thought he had probably the biggest play maybe of his Eagles yeah. career so far, knocking that ball out against Justin Jefferson. And I did think Evans looked good. He had a forced fumble on special teams last week, had another fumble recovery on defense. Mm-hmm. But again, I would like Sidney Brown to play more and more as the weeks go on. Same thing with Nolan Smith. Um, Gino, Eli Ricks, actually interesting. When it, when we talk about like that matchup-based approach in the slot, and when it's like, well, if you know Bradbury's to move outside, or he lines up outside, then he's going to move inside. Does, then is Goodrich kicking it to the outside, or is Job kicking it inside in the reverse situation? Eli Ricks might be the best option with that approach if you want guys moving around the formation. I thought Ricks actually, there was only a few snaps he played last week, but he played some inside, and I think he's the most athletic of those three corners, So, and with the length he has too. I don't know. I think it would be interesting to see if Ricks maybe gets involved in this, in this conversation without Maddox now. I think it's going to take a long way yeah. to get him there, but I agree. they're going to give him Goodrich another shot. Um, sure. Maybe... Keeley is in your plan somehow. I don't see that either, but I, I wouldn't. I think mind Rick's honestly it. is a better chance to play right now than Ringo. Probably. He's a better yeah. tackler at this current point in time. And yeah. I think he's a better 
ball. Uh, he's got better ball uh, instincts than Keely Ringo, who can just not locate the football at this current point in time. But it, it's got to get creative because if Mario Goodrich comes out and he looks exactly like he did in that fourth quarter, I don't know if you're going to be able to put him out there next week, right? You're going to want to put your yeah. smartest, most athletic, best tacklers on the outside because this is an easy test against Tampa Bay, man. They got guys that are mm-hmm. going to make you miss, going to make you tackle on an island. And if you can't cover and you can't tackle, you can't be out there for the Eagles. And again, Gino, like you can move Bradbury inside a lot of the time and have Joe play on the outside, but you can't always have Bradbury inside because some games, some teams are going to have their stars at receiver on the boundary. So you're going to need Goodrich a lot. And again, Mm. there's no, like I talk about maybe Eli Ricks gets on the field more, but that's not a permanent fix. You know, it's not a permanent fix to have Bradbury inside or to have Sidney Brown be your full-time slot player. Honestly, your best chance is right now banking on Goodrich panning out. Like you need this guy there. There's a lot resting on his shoulders. Yeah. Zach's gone. Avante's gone. I mean, yeah, Zach's not coming back. The best option you got right now, unless you have something better with Job on the outside, Bradbury, which I think they could. But we'll see. I mean, mm. we'll, we'll see what uh, our friend Mr. Yarko has to say yes, about sir. Tampa Bay Buccaneers on tomorrow's show, see how they plan to line up, and then Monday night st- mm-hmm. still feels like a light years away from the next game these Eagles play. So we have that crossover Thursday tomorrow. Gino and James are going to dive even deeper into this matchup. Friday, we got a podcast for you as well, getting you ready for the Monday night matchup between the Eagles and the Buccaneers. Thanks so much for joining us on today's edition of Locked On Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Shout out to our everydayers for making us your first listen Monday through Friday. For Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching and listening. And let's go, birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.